0: I thank God that I've always been around a church that believed in an altar. I don't know where I would be without an altar. The the biggest decisions in my life were made in altars. The biggest commitments I've made in my life have been at an altar. And I thank God, I think we ought to wear altars out. I believe that's what God would have us to do. Because there's a lot of things that's happened at those altars. I appreciate that. It's a blessing to be here tonight. I want to thank uh, I want to thank whoever you are for praying this afternoon, because I wasn't really sure where I was heading tonight, and I never do. Uh, there's 66 books, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in God's Word, and there there's all kinds of messages, and there's a word, and I preach a I preach a text, but there's only one one message for tonight. There's not two, there's not three, there's only one. And that's my biggest, uh, that's where I get tore up about, is this is, this is, this is what God, I, and I, I believe now after hearing this song, and the, the song that this dear lady sung right here, I believe, I, I believe I'm where God wants me to be. I want you to pray for us tonight, and I want you to, uh, I pray that the Holy Ghost will speak to you. And that he'll take you back and he'll he'll deal with you whatever he needs to do. Because we're we're here and we caught it, we're it's a revival, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I've never, I've preached revivals, I've preached meetings different places. I've never preached on this text in a revival. Never have. Uh, so uh I'm just gonna preach what God's put on my heart. And I want you to be praying that we'd do what God would have us to do. Luke chapter seven. Luke chapter seven, we're gonna be reading verses thirty six through fifty. Luke chapter 7, reading verses 36 through 50. And once you find your place in in God's Word, if you'd stand in reverence and honor of God's Word, if you're willing and able to, if you can. If you can't, you just stay right where you're at and you read with us. But Luke chapter 7, we'll be reading verses 36 through verse 50. And God's Word says, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meat. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, I want you to understand. To, be sure you don't. Be sure you don't miss this part right here. Which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. For she is a sinner. <laughs> I believe one thing we know, she's a sinner, right? They keep saying that. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And turned to the woman and said unto Simon, are forgiven for she loved much but of them who little is forgiven the same loveth little and he said unto her thy sins are forgiven And they that said it meet with him began to say within them themselves who is this that forgiveth sins also And he said unto the woman thy faith has saved thee go in peace let us pray dear heavenly father I thank you for your word Oh, Father, I thank you for Luke chapter 7. Father, I thank you what it speaks to our heart. Lord, what it shows us, what it tells us. And Father, I pray tonight, God, I'd not preach anything you'd not have me to preach. Father, I pray I'd say everything that the Holy Ghost would have me to say. But Father, I'd say no more than what He'd have me to say. Father, I pray I'd be in the center of your will, Father. Pray, I pray, God, tonight that I'd not miss anything. Father, I don't want to get out of your will. I wouldn't want to do anything to this church. But, Father, I pray, God, that I would help, Lord, I'd not hinder. Father, I pray that I'd not hinder the Holy Spirit. And, Father, I pray, God, tonight, Lord, that we would see (laughs) in this dear lady, in this text, Lord, what I should be like. And, Lord, what we all should be like. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you that it's infallible and it's inherent. And Father, it'll stand. Lord, help us now to do your will and not our own. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus has been invited to a Pharisee's house, a religious man's house. He's very religious. He tries to do all he can so that he might be able to go to heaven one day. And he tries to be good. He tries to not let now he try, he tries to do everything that the law has told him to do. And no doubt there's many religious people. He says that they bring him there. And no doubt there's many religious people. There's a lot of good moral people that there. And, and no doubt they're going to have a real pretty place. They're going to have a real good meal. There's going to be some really good people there. There's going to be some affluent people there. There's going to be people got a lot of money, got a lot of things, got a lot of religion, got a lot of stuff like that, and they're all there. But I want you to tell you something. There's an uninvited guest that's getting ready to crash the party. They're at Simon's house and she ain't like them. She don't look like them. Her past ain't like them. <laughs> She's a sinner. Boy, wouldn't you hate to be around them people? <laughs> you are around them people. <laughs> you are one of them people. Amen. I am one of those people. Amen. And she comes in. Never says a word. That whole text never says a word. <laughs> That'd been a little couch like horseshoe type of thing there, and they'd have been that's they didn't sit at a table like me and you do, and they'd been laid down to the side and they'd eat with one hand, the other hand would be up and they'd lay down to the side on this. And this woman slips in behind them. That's what the Word of God says. Very quietly and very humbly. There was people there to cook. (laughs) There's people there to talk. There's people there that would put people like her down. There were people there to clean up. There was people there that was gonna just want to meet Jesus. There's people there doing all kinds of things and doing all kinds of this and all kinds of that. There's somewhere to eat, there's somewhere to be social, there's there to be all there. But I want you to notice this woman came for only one reason. It wasn't to eat, it wasn't for a show, it wasn't for a production. It wasn't for nothing else. It wasn't a glad hand to everybody. She came from one reason to that man's house, and that reason was one thing and one thing only, and that reason was to worship Jesus. And oh, how every time I read this, I get so burdened because of how I am and who I am. This woman came to worship the Lord. And this woman has taught me a whole lot. I do not know her name. She never says a word. She just does what she can do to worship the man who did who is going to do everything for her. I want you to notice the first thing that I, that I noticed in that text right there is this. She entered the house ready to worship. <laughs> she, entered, she entered the house ready to worship. She had put some thought into her worship before she ever got to the house to worship. Now, I'm going to be honest with you tonight you know how many times I've come to God's house not ready to worship? you know how many times I've went to the house of a holy God, one who sent his son to die on a cross for me, and I've came to his house, and I've not even thought about getting really ready to do what? To come and worship the Lord. I hope tonight that you came to worship. I told the Lord today, as he was dealing with me I, I want to be able to worship him. She had put some thoughts into her worship before she ever went in. She had decided she was going to worship the Lord before she ever got there. She knew before she left her house what I'm going to church to do or this house to do. She knew exactly what she needed to do. She came, and I tell you what, Simon had prepared. Simon had cleaned the house. Simon had got the cooks ready. Simon had got the meal ready. Simon had got everybody. Everybody together he had them all fix a dinner they had places to sit. They they's doing all these things but you know what while Simon was preparing the house guess what this woman was doing she was preparing her heart because of who he was and what he had done Oh, I tell you what, if I could have preached about 4 o'clock today, I walked around my basement down there. Oh, I tell you what, I came. You say, this is revival. You know what we need? We need a revival of the type of heart that will worship a holy God who had seen his son die, that died on a cross, so I don't have to burn in hell. I need to have a revival in my heart of what he has done for me. Now, I get excited. You know why? Because of what he's done for me. And because I'll never have to smell one ember of hell. And I'll never have to beg for one drop of water. I'm going to tell you what, he saved me. He brought me out of a very a miry pit. He saved me, washed me in the blood of Calvary. This woman right here, she came, she left home. Her heart was right. Her head was right. She went by and she said, I can't go. I've got to go prepared. And she went back and got an alabaster box and said, I'm going to bring everything I've got, the best I've got I'm bringing to the one who deserves it. You know how many times I've not done that? More times than I have. I, 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 now that's a shame, man. I'm a preacher. Don't mean nothing. They saved preachers and these lost preachers. <laughs> Read your Bible. It'll always be that way. Get up there and I'm just like, Oh, I've got to preach. Oh. I don't ever need to say I gotta preach again. How to say that I get to preach again? Oh, we gotta go, gotta go to church tonight. Whew. Oh, church, we get to go to church tonight. I heard people say I gotta gotta go back there. I heard a woman say it one time. I thought, you know what? I wish you just wouldn't come. Don't kill everybody. If you're gonna kill yourself, don't kill everybody. Somebody said, "Well, we got to do it this way." I just don't feel like it. I hope you feel like it keeps you at home. If you don't feel like it, don't come. Don't kill the rest of us, right? You know them joy suckers. They'll suck every bit of the joy you got any time you get here. Don't need none of that. She grabbed her alabaster box, the most valuable thing she had, all she could give him. Nothing better she could give. wonder how she got that alabaster box. She was a sinner. Isn't amazing that you bring God? Isn't amazing you bring Jesus? Some of the most and nastiest. You don't know much about me, and these things you'll never know about me. These things, these things between me and God, and nobody else will ever know. You just put my life on, this, on a screen or something in here somewhere. It'd be a shame. I'd get my vehicle and I'd leave. She brought that alabaster box to him. And She said, I'm going to use this. And I'm going to use it." She came ready to worship. She came prepared. My heart's full tonight. Y'all just got to bear with me. By the time she entered the house, she was ready to worship. She entered into the house because she was ready to work. The second thing the Lord showed me, she entered into the house because she had reason to worship. What was her reason? Verse 37. Plain it says, Behold a woman in the city which was a sinner. Verse 39 goes on to say, and so everybody, everybody, Luke, right here, the Gospel, Luke, the writer, the the, the, the inspired writer, of this word right here, says right here that she was a sinner. Verse 39, right here, goes on and says that the Pharisees talk about it. It says, "For she is a sinner." Okay. So we, we're getting it all together. We know what she is. Verse 47 right here, it goes on to say this, that, 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 that her sins, which are many, that's Jesus saying it. So the Pharisees know about it. The people know about it. She knows about it. Jesus knows about it. God knows about it. Everybody around there knows who she is. They don't say what her name is. They just say she's just a sinner. Don't even mention her name. Verse 37 right here, let me, let me share something with you. In the Greek, if you look at it, it says, Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. That means that she is a sinner uh, because of sexual immorality. She's a harlot. I wonder how she got the alabaster box. I don't know. <laughs> She's a prostitute. That's what that means in the Greek. And all of them knew it. That's why they said if Jesus knew who was touching him. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This woman, Jesus was her only hope. There was nobody else. Jesus don't, hey, Jesus don't give her hope. She'll have no hope. Jesus was her only help. it was either going to be Jesus it was either going to be Jesus gave her hope Jesus gave her help Jesus gave her healing or she wasn't going to get nothing she was destined to burn in hell for eternity because what? because she was a sinner she's a sinner (laughs) she had nothing to say you know why? Because she knew, you know, the hardest people you'll ever save, you know, try to try to lead to the Christ, or you'll ever see saved, is those that say they ain't sinners. It's hard to lead somebody when they're already perfect anyway. They don't need the blood. See, Jesus came to save sinners. That's what he says, ain't it? He said, I didn't come to seek the righteous. He said, I came to seek. He came to seek and say, people like me and like her. (laughs) See, she had a reason to worship him. He's her only way to God. He's her only way to be forgiven. He's the only way for her to miss hell. Jesus is the only one that can clean up such a dirty vessel. Jesus, He's the only one that can do that. I believe. I believe she's forgiven for she ever worshipped because I'm gonna tell you, I don't see a lot of lost people worshiping Jesus. I don't see a lot of lost people wanting to come and be around Jesus. I don't want any. I don't see any lost people coming up and crying, trying to get around Jesus. I believe when she got there, He already knew her. She already knew Him, and she said, "He's done for me something that nobody else could ever do. He's forgiven me of my sins." And that's why I'm here. She'd have never showed up at a Pharisee's house. <laughs> she ain't gonna show up at no Pharisees. House. You think she's gonna walk in there and have all them yelling to her and laughing at her and telling her and, and telling her to get out? Mm-mm. She knew Jesus. I was. I believe she was showing by her hands that work had already been done in her heart. And they said this right here in verse 39. Just bear with me. We're getting where we're going. Now, when the Pharisee which had been him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. If he were a prophet. Yet, old Pharisee thought he's a prophet. And that old prostitute thought he was a savior. He was a savior. Jesus said, "Her sins are forgiven." Verse forty-eight. He says, "Your sins are forgiven." It's already settled. Let me tell you something, church. Her, her, her worship didn't save her. Her faith saved her. What she did didn't save her. Her going and worshiping Jesus did not save her. She was worshiping Jesus because he had saved her. That's the reason that she came. She came because he had saved her. Her, Hey, the, the lost don't do that. But those that are saved can worship. See, she entered into the house because she was ready to worship. She began to worship at the house because she had reason to worship. And not only that, she entered into the house with resolve to worship. She was determined. Now, I want you to understand. You say, this is revival. That's right. She was determined to worship him no matter what anybody else said. I love every one of you. But I really don't care. Y'all say, man, he gets excited. I ain't got excited yet, really, but she was determined. She said, I'm going, I'm going, and I know they're going to laugh at me. I know they're going to mock at me. I know they're going to do all these things. I know they're going to talk about me. I know they're going to call me everything. Everything. I know what they're going to be thinking. They're going to be thinking bad of me. They're going to be thinking nasty of me. They're going to be thinking dirty of me. But there's a man in there, and he's going to die on the cross for me, and he's the only one that can get me into heaven, and I don't care what anybody else says. I'm going to go in, and I'm going to worship him, and if they all just stare at me, I don't care. We need to get a good case of don't really care. It's like, well, I, I'm scared to death. If I witness to somebody, it's going to be really bad. What are they going to do? Laugh at you? Who cares? You could be somewhere else getting your head chopped off. Right? Oh, I'm going to tell you. You know, we need, you know what we need a reviving in our churches of? <laughs> getting a good case of just really don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to worship whether you like it or not. God's peace. I tell you what. When we get to glory, we're going to shout it out. I'm going to run, shout. I do sometimes anyway. If y'all knew what he had done for me. When I was in college, I wouldn't even speak in front of ten people and I would do the work to get somebody else to speak for me because I did not speak in public. And now people are like, you can't shut up now. That's true probably, but I don't like business meetings. I don't like doing anything in front of anybody else except preaching. Because you see, he done something for me. And I was thinking today, And the Lord said, don't you wish just one time you could go to church and have the heart of that harlot woman? That's a convicting thing for him to say to me. Don't you wish? See? She came in, and she brought that alabaster box. She didn't make a scene. She just quietly come in, and it says that she was behind him, and said that the tears started flowing, and they started. I could see her. Her tears started. Flowing, said they started falling on his feet. And oh, I know. And they was all sitting there going, "Oh, if they only knew who she was." Oh, I've seen. I've seen. I've seen the Holy Ghost. I've seen him save alcoholics and adulterers and fornicators and people that's had abortions. And you know what sometimes church people go, oh, what kind of people are you letting in your church? Well, less sinners in our churches. You say, you don't preach on sin? Yes, I preach on sin. <laughs> because you know what? Talked to a man one time. He said, You think Jesus saved somebody who broke all Ten Commandments? First, it made me nervous. <laughs> and then I watched him way up in years get on his face in the altar and God gloriously save him. See, She didn't care if anybody else were you may be the only one in your home that worships you know what I'm gonna tell you to do have revival worship all of the greatest understand something the greatest the greatest best services I've ever been in my whole life there was nobody around but me and the sweet Holy Ghost People say, I remember that church we've had we I remember we had that service uh, we've had such we had that service at one time we had that service. The best services that I've ever been in, they dates in the front of my Bible ain't nobody knows but me but oh my goodness, hey, when the Lord starts dealing with you, when you start singing and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts singing a duet with you and you go around in your house and the Lord says take your shoes off, you're all going to think I'm crazy, take your shoes off, you're on holy ground and you start remembering what Jesus Christ has done for you and how he saved you and what he's brought you through and what he's done for you and when you didn't think you'd ever make it to the next day, God's grace and mercy got a hold of you, he's forgiven you of all kinds of sin, sin you don't even want anybody to know about. He still forgives you, and he's done all these things for us. And I tell you, we have a reason to worship a holy and righteous God who reached down and gloriously saved us. He said, well, she was a... Look what she was. Well, we all know people have done the same thing for free. (laughs) At least she got paid. Yeah, we, we got that all wrong sometimes, don't we? I don't know where that come from. I hope as of the Lord not the flesh. But that's the truth. There's a lot of people, before we start throwing stones everywhere, let's just think about it, right? What I'm trying to say is this, church. Jesus knew what he was going to get when he got me and he got you. He knew how I was. What I needed, he knew that there was no other way that Ricky Wolfe would ever get to heaven unless God knew, unless he sent his son to die on the cross and shed all his blood, that poor old boy would never get in. But oh, (laughs) y'all know he died for me. I begged to God I'd rather die and fall over the heart attack in this pulpit right now than ever forget what it was for him to reach down and save me. If I ever get over at you, pray I'll quit preaching. You pray I'll go on to glory. Because if I ever get off, if I ever get over what Jesus Christ has done for me, I'm going to be a miserable person. But because of what he's done, I can have joy. I have, you say, has it always been good? No, it ain't always been good. You pastor in churches, you live in life, you got kids, you got marriages, you got community, you got all these things going on. We're all going to go through hard times. We're always going to go through battles. But what has God done for you? Because guess what? You're here tonight. And some of us don't even deserve to be here. I don't even know you. You're probably just like the people out in Leicester. They don't deserve to be there either. But they are because of grace. She didn't care if anyone else noticed or not. <laughs> she never said a word. It wasn't her job to get others to worship. Oh. I ain't much in stirring. I mean, if I stir, it ain't going to be no good. If the Holy Spirit stirs it, it's real good. Right? She looked at Simon at first. She said, it ain't my job to get you. Jesus. She didn't say nothing. She just said, it ain't my job. It wasn't, her, it wasn't her job to give other people reason to worship. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I can't, I can't speak for you, and you can't speak for me. I thought, but what, what a service is. what a sinner, what a Savior, what a scene, really. I'm going to be honest with you all. I got much to learn. I've got I've got a lot to learn about what? About worship. What What do I? I I'm sitting here thinking right here. What I, I have I have many. <laughs> mm, I have many reasons worship my Savior tonight Jesus Christ saved me Jesus Christ has forgiven me Jesus Christ has offered me grace unmerited favor God's riches at Christ's expense he not only has given me grace but he's given me mercy I don't get what I deserve and, I, and, I, and, and I, I'm so, hey, he's given me all those things. He's given me access to the throne room of glory where I can go straight in and talk to my heavenly Father wherever I am as a child of living God, been grafted in, adopted in. I'm one of his. I'll tell you what, he looks at me and says, hey, you look just like my son. Oh, I've got a lot to thank you for tonight. Oh, I tell you what, I got the sweet Holy Ghost living inside my heart, never left me, never leave me, never forsake me. Everywhere I go, he's there. Everywhere I've been, he's been there. I thank God. Look at all that God has done for me. What can I praise him about? What can I worship him about? Not only those things that he's given me, he's given me able to, he's given me his word. He's given me a standard. He's given me a measure to go by. He's given me things right here that nobody else can change. They can change the law, but it don't change is. They can say it's all right to do this, but it ain't right to do that. See, we've got the standard. God gave me the mind. He gave me the eyesight. He gave me the ears. He gave me the mouth. He gave me the feet. He gave everything I have tonight is because He's given me. I have health. I have strength. Four guys that I played football with at Irwin High School went out to be the Lord in the last two years. what God's God's got me. He's told me to preach. Got me straightened out. Gave my wife's with me. Gave me my wife. We'd been married two years. She got diagnosed with cancer. I didn't want to preach. I was going to do my own thing. Brother Terry knows I was going to do all. I was doing all this stuff. I was working, and God was blessing. Married 1992, 1994. She gets diagnosed with cancer. I just got back in church, and I said, Lord, if this is what it's going to take me serving you, I don't know if I want anything to do with it. And oh, she went through, came Her hair, she had long blonde hair. I came home, came home one day from work, and the hair that next morning was all over the pillow and all over the bed, and I was trying to clean it up before she got up. Went to the doctor. They said, we're going to give her about 80% chance of living, what, 24? what twenty four? Was 25 My dad came over. My dad goes, "I ain't never been here, son. I don't know what to do to help you." My dad just silver there like this because, as a better as daddy, he didn't know what to say. And then they told us things at Wednesday morning. They said, "You ain't never going to have children. The chemo is going to take everything. She won't be able to have any children." And if you, did, if you did, I hope you can raise them alone. And I was so mad. I remember sitting there, and that doctor's off in Nashville. He had a big old window behind. And I was sitting there looking at that chair. I said, He says, one well, more word. I'm going to rip this chair up, and I'm going to throw it through there, and I don't really care. Because I was crazy back in. I'm not as crazy now. I was crazy back in. And I went home that night. I'm just telling you why I worship him. And I got there and I started reading the book of Job. And for the first time in my life, it made sense. And God said, when we get done with this, man, you're going to be able to get ever straightened out that it ain't about your plan, and it ain't about what you want to do, and it ain't about what you went to school for. It ain't got nothing to do with anything about what you want to do. It's about what I want you to do and whether you're going to do it or not. 1996, I went to the altar again. This is after we'd had a 24-hour prayer of altar for my wife. Walked in there that night, couldn't sleep that night, got up at 3 o'clock and went up to, and there's two 18-year-old boys in altar on their faces praying for my wife. I'm going to tell you what, I've I've got something to praise my Savior for. She just turned 55. She looks a lot younger than me, I know. Everybody's already told me that. But God gloriously healed her. Two years later, I announced my call to preach. Been preaching ever since. In 1998, she calls me. She said, we need to stop by and get a pregnancy test. Listen, they gave gave us between 1% and 5% chance of ever having children. And I've got a daughter that's been married two years now. 1998, that's how quick God moves. 2000, she calls back and says, we're going to have another one. <laughs> A little bit later, that four-year-old, she spent 20-some days in the hospital with over 104-degree fever. They thought they was going to remove half her lung because of pneumonia. And they told me 10 or 15 years earlier that she would have died. one night I called two preacher friends and I said I'm going to anoint her with oil. I don't know how y'all believe like I said don't really care and I said I'm gonna anoint her at all at ten o'clock tonight she's four years old and had an old eighty some year old preacher he goes what time are you going in son I said it at ten o'clock brother Claude and I thought God's give me her Now I went in there and that little girl was asleep and I put her anoint her prayed, prayed, prayed and I went and got in bed that night her fever broke played three sports and never had to take <laughs> She wide open I went to bed I was her daddy, right the 80 some year old pastor called me at 6 o'clock the next morning he said son how's your girl said, Brother Claude, her fever broke. He said, I know it. Here's what he said. I can go to sleep now. Hey, listen. I've been around fire. Wildfire don't do it for me. I was her daddy. I went to bed. That 86-year-old man, he prayed my daughter through all night long. I'm going to tell you, I could shout this place down tonight because God, it's been so good to me and then you know what a little bit later that one girl come down she asked Jesus Christ to come into her heart then I went to Israel and on the way back I could be here all night long on the way back I get back little girl comes walking down the hall here pitter patter pitter patter daddy I'm glad you're back I need to be saved got down there beside the bed I tell you the big old burden come on my my, my wife's saved. My kids are saved. My daddy had, uh, he had uh, dementia, Lewy body disease. What happened to him? Did he get healed? No, he got healed. Jesus took him on. He didn't have to stay here like this. And I'll see him again. I've got a whole lot to worship the Lord about tonight. Amen. But you know what? You can't, you can't you can't worship him for me. I'm just glad. I know this is a strange revival message, what God put on my heart. I ask you, what, is, what has Jesus done for you? Where did the Savior find you? No, go ahead, go ahead, go go on back. Remember. I had like an old preacher told me one time, I preach hard to young people. Man, I preach hard to young people. He said, you know what, Ricky? He said, you know what the problem with us old preachers? I said, what's that? He said, we forgot what it was to be young. I said, you're right. Go back. Where did Jesus, where did the grace and mercy find you? Where were you when Jesus saved you? Since you've been saved, what has he done for you? What hey, what he, has he brought you through? What has he brought you through? You know, I need to do more <laughs> I've got many reasons to worship him. I need to have more resolve to worship him like that one. I need, I need to be determined more to worship him. This is convicting to me. I don't know if it's bothering y'all or not. It is me. So many times, you know what we do? We come and we look at each other. We do. Sometimes I have to go feed off somebody else. You ever done that? I need to get somebody else to charge me up a little. A shame when I do that. He's done all this for me and I've got to look for somebody else to help me to worship. Here's how I begin to enter God's house sometimes. I'm going to be really honest with y'all. i got some watching on Facebook or whatever y'all do, Lord. <laughs> I come to church and instead of my alabaster box of ointment, you know what I bring with me? All my burdens, I go to the door i get- out of the car go to the door how y'all doing everybody doing good yeah, I'm doing great. I bring all my burdens, all my troubles i bring all i bring i bring all those i bring all those things I bring on what I've got to get somebody else that's right, I do. I bring I bring you know what I brought I brought pride to church, I brought bitterness to church, I brought lust to church, I brought envy to church. There's all kinds of things that we can bring. And you know what she brought? An alabaster box. Instead, instead of us getting ready, you know you know what it is? Breakfast is ready. Our clothes are ready. Car's ready. Guy's in the car. Everything's ready. But a lot of times I come and I'm just not ready to worship. I'm ready every other way. See, we need to have a revival. I do. I'm just of worship. How come you know what I'm doing? I'm looking. To see, who's not here? Some of y'all have already done that. I don't have church people. aren't I walk in, where's so-and-so? Where are they at? Well, we got a whole big crowd here. Well, yeah, but where's that one person? Where's that family at? They mad? Y'all, never, y'all ain't never heard that, have you? They get their feelings hurt? I'm going to be honest with you. Always, hey, I've had my feelings hurt. My feelings get hurt all the time. <laughs> I'm not worshiping nobody or serving nobody except Jesus. See, we look, and you know what we'll do? <laughs> is the temperature right? Is, is the sound right? Is the lights right? Is the unity right? Is the, it, it, what, what it, but you know what, what it's all about? It's all about worshiping Jesus. <laughs> One day I'm going to get to heaven. And I'm going to start singing a song. that I don't know what it is, but it's going to be a new song and I ain't going to have to practice it. I'll be right in tune. And there's going to be a Holy Lamb of God that gave everything He had. That's who I'm going to be before. And I'm going to worship Him in spirit and in truth for the first time without any flesh. I mean, just what God wants me to do. But you know what I was thinking? You know what I'll probably look over there? And I'll say, who's that long-haired woman over there? I believe she'll have her hands raised. And that old heart will be saying, I was nothing but a sinner. And the blood of Jesus, you know what? What's so good about it? You say, what's so good about that? When Jesus saved her, she became pure and white as snow something she's going to be worshipping you know what I believe I'll do I've thought a lot about that I believe I'm just going to walk on over and I'm going to tell her what a blessing that her testimony was me. if there's anybody in the Bible ever taught me how to worship I'm going to tell her it was her what's Jesus done for you Forgive us of all of our past, Addney. While walking down a memory lane of past not long ago, old Satan came right by my side, making me feel low. He brought up thoughts of hurt and pain when I had gone astray. He wanted to discourage me as I walked along my way. He said, You're undeserving cause I know where you've been. I have a record of your life when you were bound by sin. I know your darkest secrets That you could never tell What makes you think you don't deserve A place with me in hell Well, I heard the old accuser And this was my reply You're right for all the things I've done I sure deserve to die My righteousness is filthy rags. My goodness is unclean. There's only one thing I can say to what you said to me. It's under the blood. Oh, praise his dear name. I'm not what I used to be my life's been changed not shackled by sin and shame it's already gone I'm happy reminding him it's under the blood listen church this is what this girl would sing victory was given me when I was born again he changed my good And sinful past and brought new life within. No longer do I bear the marks that sin had brought my way. With happiness and peace of mind, praise God, I now can say. It's under the blood, oh praise his dear name. Y'all know it's singing. I'm not what I used to be. My life's been changed. Not shackled by sin and shame. It's already gone. I'm happy reminding him it's under the blood. Y'all know this song. What can wash away? weigh my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus sits under the blood Oh, praise His dear name. I'm not what I used to be. My life's been changed. Not shackled by sin and shame. It's already gone. I'm happy reminding Him it's under the blood. How many times? Did that woman have to tell the devil that? She'll never tell him again. I'm going to ask you a question tonight Are you saved? Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? greatest thing I ever did in my life was accept Jesus.